Hey guys. All right. So this is going to be a little bit different, but we are super excited about it. Um, this we're calling this, this is us. It was March madness, but this is us is much more appropriate. Um, we are going to be talking about our core values as a church. If you don't know them, we are full of faith. We are outrageously generous. We are committed to community and we are genuinely fun. And so we don't want the only voices that you guys hear to be me and Clint. And so we thought it was very important for other voices in our church to be able to tell you guys about these core values of ours. So we are going to get started with Holly. Where's Holly? Holly is going to get started. So listen, Holly serves in worship. We've known, I've known Holly since... I mean, forever, at least high school. Um, so I'm so excited. Holly is going to be sharing what full of faith has meant in her life um, and how it can impact you guys. Awesome. Yeah, come on. Hey, every. Wow, this is a really loud microphone. I see why you hold it like here. Yeah, right. All right. Well, hi, everyone. This is kind of a little bit out of my uh, element of comfort zone, but um, I'm here for it. So um, I just kind of wanted to share my journey with Oasis. Um, I've been with Clinton Stephanie since basically the beginning of um, launching Oasis. And honestly, that's kind of like the start of the peak of the pandemic when all of that happened and everything shut down. I'm sure you all remember that we only left our houses to go to the grocery store in our hazmat suits. And and that was pretty much it. And, you know, that during that time, it was just kind of just kind of a time where just everything just seemed uncertain, shifted, and just just kind of like we didn't know what to expect for the next day. But I'll just tell you that these guys right here have been just such a rock for, you know, just our community and just for me. And, you know, just during everything and just them navigating the church and, you know, us doing the online um, services, you know, they just were always just so full of faith. And I was just so thankful to have, you know, leaders like them. Um, so in the beginning of like September of 2019, I switched from careers, essentially. Um, I was a server and bartender. I worked downtown. So then I started working for um, an administrative business, and we do pension benefits. So anyway, so it's just a total different 360 for me in my life. And um, I actually started to have anxiety for like the first time in my life. And then when COVID hit, you know, that just kind of really amped that for me. Um so, you know, I kind of struggled for a really long time on, you know, just kind of like dealing with it and not being in my head and thinking that it's just me or I'm overthinking things. <clears throat> and I really didn't want to, you know, have to give in and start taking any type of medication because I just wanted to be, you know, I want to be like, okay, I have faith enough in God to where I don't need that. But honestly, that's not true. You, um, you know, sometimes you have to have a little bit of help and you can have Jesus in your life and then you can have a little bit of help and assistance. So I finally, you know, took that leap of faith and I started taking an anxiety medicine and it did wonders for me. Um, but I actually, you know, wanted to get to a point where I would be able to stop taking that um, because I just didn't want to be on something for the remainder of my life, as well as, you know, I just wanted to be able to have that fullness and faith in God and being able to move forward. So I actually did stop taking my medicine in beginning of December, and I have not had an anxiety attack or anything since then. So it's been it's been really good. But, you know, just just having that leap of faith and putting that faith in there and then having people in your life who instill that in you and show that in you. Yeah, that's basically what Oasis has been to me. I'm just so thankful for this church, for this rock, for this community. And okay, that's all I got. Thanks, guys.
good. That's right, man. So she had faith not only that she could be who God created her to be, even with medication, but that God could heal her. And look at that. I'm so excited. I love that. So that we are full of faith. We are also outrageously generous. One of the most generous people I know is Jordan Peace. And he is going to talk to us about being outrageously generous. We go back to middle school, so I can't wait to hear this. I think I'm about to set up a uh, Microsoft thing here, which is not a, an Apple product. I may, I may never be invited back. One day, Clint will learn what, you know, real technology is all about. So I'm not going to talk about myself being generous. I don't think that I, I necessarily am, like Stephanie said, but uh, I can help us study through it. So uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about Luke 7. If you have your Bibles, open up to Luke 7. Uh, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 10 first and then, and then talk through it. So uh, again, starting in verse 1, chapter 7. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people, he returned to Capernaum. At the time, the highly valued slave of a Roman officer was sick and near death. When the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some respected Jewish elders to ask him to come and heal his slave. So they earnestly begged Jesus to help the man. If anyone deserves your help, he does, they said, for he loves the Jewish people and even built a synagogue for us. So Jesus went with them, but just before they arrived at the house, the officer sent some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourselves by coming to my home, for I am not worthy of such an honor. I'm not even worthy to come and meet you. Just say the word uh, from where you are, and my servant will be healed. I know this because I'm under the authority of my superior officers and have the authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go, and they go, or come, and they come, and if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to the crowd that was following him, he said, I tell you, I haven't uh, seen faith like this in all of Israel. And when the officer's friends returned to his house, they found the slave completely healed. I wanted to read this story because the first thing you think about is being full of faith, right? We look at this Roman officer, and he is so faithful that Jesus can heal somebody he cares about, right? I know our filter today may seem weird because it's his slave, but he is doing everything he can to try and heal somebody that he cares about. But what I see in this story, especially in the first part, is somebody who has to be outrageously generous. And that doesn't just mean with money. It means with time, with resource. Uh, it means with kindness, uh, it means with skills, and it also means with money. Here's what, here's what we know. The Roman officer was a Gentile. So the Roman officer is in charge of 100 men. He is in charge of the, the oppression of Israel. And yet, he has Jewish elders in the church going to Jesus and asking to help the Roman officer. And they say, for he loves the Jewish people, and he even built a synagogue for us. Most people believe that he donated not only his skills and his time, but he also donated money to build a Jewish synagogue. So this is like in our, we see a lot of div division today, right? People who have completely different worldviews. And these Jewish elders cared about this Roman officer so much that they were willing to go do something for him and plead to Jesus, right? Because he was so generous. Um, you know, I think about often, I love to cook, 
right? So salt, when you cook, we're told in Matthew 5 that we're the salt of the earth, right? When you love to cook, salt is something that you use to make that thing better, right? So if you're making a steak and you put salt on it, it's not that you're tasting the salt, you're tasting a better steak. If you cook broccoli with your steak and you put salt on it, you're tasting better broccoli. You're not tasting something that tastes like salt. And that's what we're supposed to be to the people around us, right? And if, uh, if you, you can't do that without being outrageously generous, like this Roman officer, he was, the people around him were better. They were better versions of themselves because of his generosity. So... How, how do we become outrageously generous? Well, it starts with our heart and our heart only. Um, in Matthew, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. He's giving them the, the seven woes, right, of, about their lives. An example is he says, hey, you clean the outside of your cup, uh, but the inside's filled with greed and it's filled with self-indulgence. Matthew 23, 23, Jesus says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should practice the latter without neglecting the former. Jesus is more concerned with the Pharisees' hearts than he is with the fact that they bring a tenth, right? Clint talks all the time about Malachi 3. It says you bring your tithes to the storehouse. They're not ours. You just bring them. You're stewarding. You bring them, right? That's not generosity. That's discipline. But if we don't get our heart right, First, we can't be generous. So my prayer for everybody in this room is that we work to align our hearts with the Lord so that we're salt to those around us. We're outrageously generous with our time, with our kindness, with our resources, with our skills, with our money. Um, and that way we can be to the community who Jesus is for us. Awesome. So. Great job, yeah. Thank you. All right. Man, that's good. That's not generosity, that's discipline. That was good. That's right. All right. Uh, so we are also committed to community. And there is a guy at our church who he like just lives and breathes connection. It comes so naturally to him that the first time we met, so Joey's going to come up and teach. The first time we met Joey and Robin, his wife, Robin was, um, at a murder mystery party. Um, just like blind dated it. Like they had no idea who we were. A couple had, a couple had had to drop out because of COVID. And Emily was like, Oh, I know a guy that they just moved here. They just got married. Like, it'll be fun. They can come. And I was like, okay, great. And so they walk in and you have to walk in in character. So Robin walks in as an elf and Joey walks in as Rudolph and they're like, Hey guys. And my first words to Robin are, Hey, you're going to get killed. So whenever you, whenever somebody comes and tells you that uh, you're done, just come and tell me and then we'll move on with the game. Like that was how we met them. And they jumped in both feet on the deep end. Joey has been helping us out in worship since we got started. And like I said, he just lives and breathes connecting with people. It comes so naturally to him that he was like, how do I talk about it? Like, it's just something that's so just inside of him. And I cannot wait to hear what God has for uh, us through Joey. Awesome. Come on up. Oh, boy, you really set me up there. <laughs> Got to get my Apple product <laughs> set up here. But, yeah, as she said, I'm Joey, for those of you that uh, uh, don't know me. And uh, I'm the guy closing my eyes on the stage, you know, when I'm singing up here, if you're wondering, 
Uh, and like they were saying, I actually got connected to Oasis through that murder mystery party, which funny story. We all had different names. You know, I was Rudolph. Clint was Spanky, the elf. And when you're meeting people for the first time and you hear like this name, that name. So for three weeks straight, I was too embarrassed to be like, I only know you as Spanky. Uh, what's your actual name, bro? <laughs> but, uh. Anyways, anyways, since then, we've been plugged in pretty hard. Uh, we got there, and actually a cool little uh, little tidbit, uh, Clint, at the very end of that party, sat down. He was like, man, the one thing we're really looking for is somebody that can lead uh, worship. We got all the spots filled in except that, and I was sitting with my wife. <laughs> it's unbelievable how God uh, opens up doors right when you need them, right when you need them to be open, but... Anyways, uh, uh, the, it has been incredible to be a part of this church. The community has been amazing here, whether it's been uh, just getting to know people here at church, uh, doing the small groups, uh, we do give a meal, all sorts of things, help other churches that are in need. Uh, and I, so much I can't even go into it because I will run out of time. But the point is, Oasis here has been, at least for me, a very welcoming atmosphere a very personal feel. Uh, Matthew 18, 20 says, for where two or three gather in my name, I am with them. And I believe that. And I really uh, have felt that here since we've come. But uh, I will tell you, community isn't always easy. It takes some hard work. We don't always want to spend time with certain people. Uh, Maybe we find certain people annoying to be around or whatever the thing may be is. And maybe it's not even that. Maybe in today's world, Uh, we get ourselves kind of in a hurried mentality where it's like, you know, we see a need and it's like, man, I really wish I had some extra minutes to deal with that. But, you know, time passes by and we just kind of skip by it. Uh, And maybe we ignore the needs of people that God has placed around us really is what it comes down to. So let me tell you, it is so important as a Christian to be available, to not be distracted by hurry, uh, and, you know, any other reason, which in this day and age is so easy. First uh, Thessalonians 5.14 says, And we urge you, brother and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. And actually in the New Living Translation, it says lazy. Warn those who are lazy. Encourage the dis- uh, disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. And God urges us, urges us not to be lazy. Uh, not to be idle. Like when he is prodding us with the Holy Spirit, like stop hurrying, slow down. You should talk to them. Uh, You know where they're at in their struggle, or maybe you have those thoughts. Maybe they need a shoulder to lean on uh, right now. Or maybe God is telling you, I know that person annoys you, but right now the world is sinking around them and they really need someone to word vomit on right now or some, just an ear to listen to. Uh, And I would challenge you if you have those thoughts That is spiritual warfare going on right then and there, right then and there. And I would challenge you that if you can see a need that you know you can fill, that's God. Uh, If God presented you a need in someone's life, you have the chance to seize it. And that's, you know, there's moments all the time that happen like that, that it could go by in three seconds that you had a thought of, man, they really look like they're down today. And okay, I'm going to get my coffee. Okay, I've, you know, going to put the kids in the car, whatever it is. Uh, And I would challenge you that God has given you the chance to let him shine through you 
into someone else when that is going on. Uh, Galatians 6, 1 through 3 says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person get back on the right path. And then a warning, and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Uh, Share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. So then it goes ahead and says, this is the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. And yes, that really is the verse. (laughs) Uh, Being available is something Jesus showed time and time and again. Like we've talked, everybody knows the story about Zacchaeus, uh, who a man who was ripping off the town and Jesus singled him out. Jesus knew he was hurting and Jesus knew he needed someone to save him. Uh, the woman at the well, Samaritan woman, we've all heard that story, uh, you know, normally would not want to be associated with all that kind of stuff. Jesus knew she was hurting. Jesus knew he could fulfill a need. So he met it. She didn't come over and say, hey, I need some help. Jesus singled her out. And uh, there are many more examples like that. But the bottom line is, I challenge you to look for those God-given opportunities that you have. Those people that are around you every day, search for those opportunities to be Christ's love for people around you. Uh, and look, you don't just give in community, you get too. Even though I'm talking a lot about giving, uh, and let me read this verse here. I lost my little spot. Sorry about that. Uh, James five fourteen. Therefore, uh, if you confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed like we just did today. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. God works through community, uh, gives you strength. God working through a bunch of people at once, things will happen. Things will happen. It really is amazing to have a community around you, building you up when you're down and having a shoulder to lean on. And listen, I know you already know this, but Jesus was the perfect representation of what community is. Uh, says in Philippians two, do not, or I'm sorry, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others in your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Jesus Christ, who being in very nature, God reminding us, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Crazy statement right there saying he had the power. He did not use it to just benefit himself. Uh, Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. And look, Jesus was the perfect picture of what it's like to foster a community. Spreading unconditional love towards everyone around us uh, is something we all have to work towards. Uh, There will always be challenges, but God has designed us to benefit from community. So I'll leave it off by challenging you with this. Search for opportunities that allow God to shine through you and uh, into someone else's life. It, It might not always be easy, but it is always worth it to listen to God. And that's it. Man. Oh, 
Hello? Okay, there he is. Sorry. Okay, I love hearing from other voices that aren't always just me and Clint. It makes me so happy um, to hear what God is doing in and through other people. I'm going to talk about being genuinely fun, but give me just a second. I want I don't want to let this pass without telling you guys. If you guys are being a part, if y'all are starting prayer and fasting with us and you're like, I don't know how to pray. I'm not really sure what that looks like. We have a whole guide. It's called Pray First. If you open it up, there is a ton of biblical prayers that you can go through that it leads you through um, how you pray, why you pray. There's a place in the back for like all like a list of all of your requests and it just makes it easy. So we have these out at the welcome desk. Um, don't leave without one. I would love they are free. They are yours to take just a resource for you guys. Um, OK, so. I hope that if you've been here for any amount of time, you guys have had fun here because we value fun so much that it's one of our core values. We are genuinely fun because we want church to be someplace that is enjoyed. We don't want it to be something that you endure, that you feel like you have to come to every week just to check off your box or come because you live in the South and that's what you do. Like um, we were talking to our friends that just moved here from Seattle and they were like, everybody, like everybody goes to church on Sunday morning. We're like, yeah, even if you don't really love Jesus, you just go to church because that's what you do. Um, So we, want church to be someplace that you enjoy being and to be enjoyable it needs to be fun Um, but my goal in this five minutes is to help you understand that God loves fun he loves it so much that he commanded it and we'll get there in just a second but in Ecclesiastes 3 it says yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time he has planted eternity in the human heart but even so people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end so I concluded there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor for these are gifts from God. So because God has made everything beautiful for its time and he has put eternity in our hearts, we know that our days are numbered. It's a gift from him to be able to slow down and enjoy and have fun in the moments that we have right now. And he takes celebration so seriously that he commanded the Israelites to celebrate. He commanded all of these different festivals. We're going to look at three today real quick, just an overhead view of them, um, that they all focus on different ways to have fun. And this is these are commands from God. So the first one that he commanded in the old Testament was the festival of unleavened bread. So this festival started right after Passover and it was used as a reminder to the Egypt or to the Israelites. Like, Hey, remember when you left Egypt, I said, don't even wait for your bread to rise, just leave. Um, and so they had unleavened bread for a month before God started providing manna from heaven for them. And so it was a reminder of that. And so for seven days they were to live without a single bit of leavening anywhere in their house. Um, it was a very serious deal to God. And it, and it was not only a reminder of what God did for them in taking them out of Egypt and the Exodus, but it was also a reminder of the purity that they were called to because yeast in the Bible is talked about as sin because just a little bit of yeast will get in and it'll uh, totally change everything. It'll grow inside of bread. And that's like what makes bread so good. Um, but sin, I know, right? But sin will do the same thing in your life. A little bit of sin will just grow and grow and grow. And that's a sermon for another day. Just a little nugget for you. Um, but in Exodus 13, eight, it says on the seventh day of this festival, you must explain to your children, I am celebrating what the Lord did for me when I left Egypt. So this was a celebration that they had amongst their family. And so this God has commanded us to have fun with our family and to remember who he is and what he's done. So what are some fun ways that you can celebrate with your family? If you've got kids, 
kids, maybe you are doing a devotional together or having like a dance party to some praise music. Or if they're in the kids ministry, you get a parent cue every week and there are activities that you can be doing with them. If you don't have kids, there are ways to have fun. Coming to church and serving together is fun. Going to small groups is fun. Um, There are ways that you can have fun with your family while remembering who God is. And God has commanded that of the Israelites. And it's something that we get to enjoy too. The second commanded festival was the Feast of Pentecost or the Feast of Weeks. So it celebrated God's faithfulness to them through the years, all of their wandering and stuff. And it also celebrated the end of the grain harvest. So every family was called to bring an offering of grain and then some other animals um, to the tabernacle as an offering and a sacrifice to God. Um, But God gave a very specific instructions about what to do with their field while they were getting everything ready for this feast. In Leviticus 23, God tells the Israelites, when you harvest the crops of your land, do not harvest the grain along the edges of your field and do not pick up with the harvesters drop. Leave it for the poor and the foreigners living among you. So just because the Israelites were celebrating and they were having this seven day party and having a grand old time, God did not want them to forget the people who needed help. He didn't want them to forget the outsiders or the people who didn't have the means to own their own field, who couldn't celebrate this the way that they could. He said, leave the edges, leave the stuff, like let other people glean it, let other people use that. Um, and so we can do the same thing. We can have fun while we are helping people and not forgetting the people who might need extra help. So some of the ways I was just brainstorming, and these aren't the only ways, but some of the ways are you could spend an afternoon at a ballpark, handing out free waters or at a playground and just saying, hey, God loves you. Enjoy the water, you know, um, bring a little bit of, of pep to somebody's day. Or you could get together with some friends and bake treats for your neighbors. Our neighbors are all in their 80s. They would love to know that somebody was thinking about them um, and bringing them treats. Or you could get together with your small group and go serve in the community like you can make a difference outside the walls of Oasis Church and have fun doing it. Um, And then the last festival that God instructed the Israelites to celebrate was the Feast of Tabernacles or the Festival of Shelters. I thought this one was pretty wild whenever I was looking it up because God commanded the Israelites for seven days to live outside of their houses in these little shelters and huts and stuff that they had built. So for seven days, they were not allowed to live in their house. Um, And so and that was to remind them of God providing for them in the wilderness and how they were moving and nothing was permanent. It was to celebrate that and remind that. So they partied outside for a week. Um, but in Leviticus 23, God says, remember that this seven day festival to the Lord, the festival of shelters begins on the 15th day of the appointed month after you have harvested all the produce of the land. The first and the eighth day of the festival will be days of complete rest. On the first day, gather branches from magnificent trees, then celebrate with joy before the Lord your God for seven days. So did you hear what he told them to do to start and end this celebration was rest. God commands us to rest and we get to have fun doing it. And that was unheard of in the ancient cultures. Like there were no gods saying like, hey, take a break, take a rest. Like this was unheard of, but our God loves us enough to say, Hey, take a break. Um, and having fun rests, like having fun while you're resting might sound like an oxymoron, but it's not impossible because when, when we're talking about resting, we're talking about just taking a second to fill up your tank, 
Take a second. What brings you life? Uh, for us, like or for me, man, last week I had an off week and I stuck my nose in a book and I read a 600 page book in two days and it was the best rest of my life. It was so good. So, you know, maybe you just get lost in another world or um, maybe you love having people over, but it kind of stresses you out thinking about like, oh, I've got to I got to get the house ready. I got to look good. I got to cook good. Like all of this stuff. Have like a PJ potluck, you know, like just have people come over wear your jammies, bring some dinner. That way you're not stressed about what you're cooking, what you look like, what your house looks like, but you're still enjoying the company of people. You can get creative and rest while you're still having fun. Or maybe go to a th- like a theater and see a movie with your family. You know, like I know that you can stream all of the movies nowadays, like on your TV the same time that you can in the theater, but the theater is an experience. Like it's something fun that you guys can do together and to rest. Um, and so that's rest is a gift from God that we can do while we are having fun. And there you have it. God commands fun. Fun is good. There are different ways that we can have fun. We can have fun as a family. We can have fun serving people and we can have fun while we are resting. And all of these festivals were a celebration. And today we get to celebrate you guys. We get to celebrate these kids who are deciding to follow Jesus. Do you want to get Sam dressed? There you go. Sorry. I was like, oh, wait. Um, Yeah. So the moms are going to get the kids, getting them ready. We are so excited. And Clint mentioned it earlier, but like, I want us to celebrate because this is a huge deal. This is the first step of obedience in these kids' lives. And they have a life ahead of them that is full of steps of obedience, but none of those would be possible if they didn't take this first step today. This first step to tell all of us like, yes, I have given my life to Jesus. Um, So we are so excited, so excited.